Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned into WBTV LP 99.3 FM, Burlington, Vermont. The name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. Welcome to the show. You might want to turn this up.
right, and that was Sticks with an oldie but a goodie called Too Much Time on Our Hands. It's Friday night, 6 p.m. You're tuned in to WBTV LP 99.3 FM. The name of the show is Louis Lavin. I'm your host, Louis, and as I say, we are definitely live. My show has been on for about two years. I play a lot of classic rock. Or whatever's stuck in my head at the moment. Have you ever noticed that? You wake up in the morning and there's always a song stuck in your head that you haven't heard in like 20 years. It's got to be like some type of subliminal messaging, wouldn't you think? So I play some classic rock here and there. I discuss things that we see on the news or social media. It's a live call-in show. You're welcome to call and be a part of the show. Only got one rule. No swearing, right? FCC is always listening. Phone number is 802-540-6890. I encourage people to go to Facebook and join my group, Louie Live, which is a good place to showcase your music from anywhere around the world. I encourage people to come on the show, play their music. I have a good friend of mine, George Murdy and his wife Linda, they come on once in a while. He's a quite talented songwriter, musician. I don't know if you'd really call him a country singer. He's country rock, maybe somewhere is in between, but he's definitely a unique artist. And as I said, he writes his own music, most of it, performs it. Said he's had over a hundred guitars in his lifetime. Myself, I've got one got a six string Stratocaster don't play it very often I always say I'm going to pull it out and play it but I never do even when I just had vacation I said I was going to take it out and play it but time goes on maybe when I retire someday if I ever do so where should we start there's so much going on in the world President Trump just came back from Vietnam. He was over there trying to uh, extend the peace between North and South Korea, put an end to that war which has been going on for 65 years. And no president has ever gone over there and tried to establish peace between the two countries or de North Korea from its nuclear armaments. And this is the second time that President Trump has been over there in the past two years since he's held office. Apparently North Korea wanted us to drop all the sanctions against them so they could restock on their food and medicines. And then like people do, they renege on their promise Oh, now you're not going to have our nuclear arms. We were just kidding. Thanks for letting us resupply our food and medicines and whatnot. President Trump isn't that stupid, though. That was the deal. North Korea didn't come across. President Trump said maybe some other day. Because, as he said numerous times... He wants to create the right deal. 
I mean, no one has ever gone over there in 65 years that North and South Korea has been at war with one another. No one's even attempted it until President Trump. And he's been over there twice. They were firing missiles aimed towards the United States. But now that's come to a halt. That's very big. That's going in the right direction. But yet you got the evil media out there. They're all against President Trump saying, oh, he went over there and he didn't get them to disarm and it was a waste of time and money and blah, blah, blah. Well, let's look at it from a point of view from, let's say, a job interview. You apply for a job at a company. Take someone forever to look at your resume. A lot of times they won't even respond back or they'll give you a don't call us, we'll call you email. Everything is conducted through emails and text messages nowadays, folks. No more handwritten letters. Not feeling the love. But if they do contact you, they'll say, come in for an interview. And you'll go in there and talk to someone for a half hour, an hour. And you think everything's going really good. And everybody's all happy-go-lucky. And you feel like a part of the company already. And they say, we'll get in touch with you. And you go home and nothing happens. And if something does happen, chances are pretty good. They're going to ask you to come in for a second interview. With totally different people that you haven't met the first time. And once again, everything feels like it's going really good. You feel like you've got the job. And they say, well, we'll contact you. You go home. You're sitting there waiting for an email or a text. Sometimes you won't get anything. Sometimes they'll send you an email saying, don't call us, we'll call you. Congratulations with your future endeavors. We've all been there, right, folks? Or maybe they'll contact you and they'll say, come on in for a third interview. And this can go on three or four times, these interviews, before they either make the final decision to hire you or not. And this is just over a job, sometimes not even a good job. But it puts food on the table pays the bills, right? So how can anyone in their right state of mind think that the president or an ambassador, secretary of state, anybody is going to go over to North Korea and get them to surrender their nuclear weapons and all their other weapons of mass destruction on the second meeting? It's just not even logical, folks. For the media to even come down on President Trump for saying that he didn't get them to turn over their nuclear weapons on the second meeting, it's one of the most asinine things I've ever heard in my life. 
Seriously. Whose side are they on? Give the president some credit. And as far as this young man that was in prison over in North Korea for ripping a poster off of a wall and they sentenced him to like four years of hard labor. Prisons over in North Korea we know nothing about. But we do know that they're not like the prisons in the United States. Over in other countries, when they say you're going to prison and you're going to do hard labor, you can count on the fact that you are going to do hard labor. Number one, I would never be over in North Korea. Number two, I would never send my children over to North Korea. I don't care if they're with the school class on a trip. I don't care. I would say to my children, you are not going over to North Korea. Because in my mind, something could happen. Like, for instance, you could do something which you think is harmless in this country, like tearing a poster off of a wall. But in those countries, it's a sign of disrespect. And they could put you in prison for four years hard labor. So therefore, I would never send my children over to North Korea. And this young man, something happened to him over there. And President Trump got him back. President Obama didn't. President Obama didn't even try to get this young man back from North Korea, from what I understand. I never saw anything on the news pertaining to the fact that President Obama tried to get this young man back from the prison in North Korea. But President Trump did. You know, the young man had been damaged and they brought him back and he was in a coma and he died after that. God rest his soul and help his family and his friends to deal with their loss. But when the reporters asked President Trump, do you believe the president of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, that he wasn't aware of this young man. President Trump says, I took him at his word. And the media was upset. I don't know what the media wants President Trump to do. Sit down at a table with a dictator like Kim Jong-un and say, oh, what about that young man that ended up in prison and uh, ended up somehow in a coma and we got him back and he died? Uh, What about him? And if he says, he was unaware of it. What does the media expect President Trump to do? Sit there and call him a liar? You know, that's how more tragic incidents are caused. It's water over the dam, I hate to say. But the fact is, whether you're in prison in North Korea, South Korea, Vietnam, the United States of America, the chances are pretty good that you might not make it out of prison alive. A lot of people die in prison. They get beat up, they get raped, they get tortured, they get killed. President Trump's lawyer 
Michael Cohen. He's going to prison for bank fraud, lying to Congress, tax evasion. You know, pretty much the same things that Bernie Sanders and his wife are guilty of. That's right, folks. Bernie Sanders and his wife, they ran Burlington College into the ground. There was an investigation by the FBI for bank fraud, $10 million. It was proven that she did lie on the application. That is bank fraud. But somehow the officials in Vermont swept the investigation under the rug. Does that make her innocent? No, sir. She's still guilty. Maybe they should reopen the investigation and send Bernie Sanders and his wife to prison along with Michael Cohen for bank fraud. If it's good enough for Michael Cohen, it's good enough for Bernie Sanders and his wife, in my opinion. But Michael Cohen has to be sweating it right about now because he knows that he's going to go into prison for like three years. I'm sure he'll get out early for good behavior. He might be separated from the other prisoners. He might be in some cozy resort type of prison where there's all white collar crime people. Who knows? But I'm sure Michael Cohen is wondering, is he gonna come out alive? Because like I said, it doesn't matter what prison you're in, folks, whether it's the United States, North, South Korea, Vietnam, Brazil, doesn't matter. Things happen in there. That's why if you do go to a country such as North Korea, which I never would or I would never allow my children to, I would be on my best behavior. And I wouldn't be ripping posters off the walls in a country like North Korea, where they have cameras all over. That's not a good thing to be doing, folks. It's just common sense. But like I said, President Trump is back. And Kim Jong-un didn't want to hand over his nuclear weapons. He has issues with that, just like Muammar Gaddafi did. The leader of Libya, remember him? Handed over all of his nuclear weapons to George W. Bush. And then his people went in there and took over and killed him. Kim Jong-un is uh, worried the same thing will happen to him. Because he has gulags throughout North Korea, they say. His people are literally starving to death. They're abused and tortured and killed on a daily basis. They have satellite images of uh, North Korea at nighttime. And you can Google this. There's not a lot of electricity going on down on the ground in North Korea at nighttime because most of the country doesn't have electricity. So it's pretty much blacked out at night. Or maybe they're so paranoid that they don't want anyone to bomb them going by the direction of the lights. We all saw the meetings where uh, President Trump, Kim Jong-un, and the others came into the room and there was all this food 
and they had these taste testers there testing the food so no one was to poison them. That's a sad world that we live in. Someone to poison your food just because they don't like you. Could be poisoning President Trump or Kim Jong-un, any of the representatives of South Korea or Vietnam. Could have been any of them. And it could have all been poisoned just to cover up the tracks of trying to kill one of the others. But like President Trump said, no one's ever gone over there since North and Korea have been to war for the last 65 years. No one's even tried, whether it's Republican or Democrat or even just independent Secretary of State's. So, he's got plenty of time. And nobody's shooting missiles at us anymore. And that's a good direction to go in. I saw a show one night on TV where they were interviewing Kim Jong-un. And just for instance, they showed a warehouse. And this warehouse was full of barrels upon barrels. I don't even know thousands of barrels of Jack Daniels liquor. Just an example. Thousands of barrels of Jack Daniels liquor alone. Not to mention all of the meats that I'm sure he had in warehouses and freezers along with seafood and whatnot. So we could put all the sanctions we want on North Korea. And Kim Jong-un has enough food to last him a lifetime. And he has enough people to taste his food for him in advance, so he's not poisoned. So all the sanctions that we're applying against North Korea are hurting the people themselves. And we saw on the news a while ago how one guy drove a car up to the border of North and South Korea and he got out and he ran across the border just an imaginary line basically is all it was and they started shooting at him they shot him three or four times and he survived but he was malnourished and dehydrated his body was like full of worms he had to go on a lot of medications to get his health back. But that's how desperate people are to get out of North Korea. One thing I just want to say, and we're going to go to a song, and we'll get on to another subject. But I watch sports such as football. I see these athletes such as Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem because they say they're oppressed well you know folks I'm watching TV I'm seeing all these athletes making tens of millions of dollars a year they live in mansions they're married to supermodels they drive Lamborghinis and whatnot. they wear Armani suits and they're oppressed and they're kneeling during the national anthem. 
But during off-season, I don't see of these athletes. I don't see any of them. These people can pick up the phone and have the media at their beck and call. And they can voice their opinions about oppression and whatever they want. But they don't. They only do it during a football season. They take a knee during the national anthem. And that's just to get under people's skins. These people aren't oppressed. They live in their mansions. They don't care about people that are oppressed. Statistically speaking, over half of the athletes in NFL have criminal backgrounds. I saw one story on television saying how they prefer to hire athletes like this because they've been in prison. They've had a rougher life. They're willing to be more violent on the field during the football game. They're not oppressed in life, folks. They live in America. You can be whatever you want. Whatever color you are. You can be the president of the United States. Some people say the most powerful person in the world. It's probably true. You can come to this country. Step across the border. Go into a store. And buy a lottery ticket such as a Mega Millions or a Powerball. And you can be an instant billionaire we've had lotteries of one and a half billion dollars you can just step across the border I don't even believe that you have to be a resident of the United States you can just go into any store buy a lottery ticket and be an instant billionaire not a millionaire but a billionaire that folks is the American dream part of it. And that's why everybody wants to come to the United States. And as far as these athletes like Colin Kaepernick are concerned, that think they're oppressed, living in their mansions, walking around in their Armani suits, driving their Lamborghinis, dating their supermodel girlfriends. You, sir, are one of the least oppressed people on this planet. They say that in the United States, even the poor are better off than most of the people on this planet. They say if you're going to be poor, the place to be poor is the United States of America. So, what I was thinking in the beginning, and where this all started, was President Trump should have taken Colin Kaepernick and all of his oppressed friends to Vietnam with him. And he could have said to Kim Jong-un, why don't you take these guys to North Korea with you? Keep them. Let them see what oppression is. I highly doubt if any one of these athletes has ever even picked up the phone and called Dennis Rodman. Because Dennis Rodman has been to North Korea numerous times. And he knows what oppression is like in a third world country. Because I'm sure Dennis Rodman walking around has seen it.
I don't know what's going on in this country, folks, but a lot of it is anti-American as heck. And I think that people just have to dig down deep and stand up for their rights before we don't have any. Because that's coming too if things don't change. So saying that, we're going to get to a song by Prince called Raspberry Bray. And once again, you're tuned into WBTV LP 99.3 FM. The name of the show is Louie Live, and I'm your host, Louie, and we are definitely live. And I hope you're enjoying the show so far.
that was Prince with a song by Raspberry Beret. God rest his soul. Another talented young man. Life ended too soon because of drugs. It's terrible. That's why we need the southern border, folks. They say that 90% of the heroin and fentanyl comes across the southern border. The other 10% is probably coming across the northern border. Right here at the Vermont-Canadian border. There's an interesting uh, link from YouTube that I have on my wall. It's about Nancy Pelosi, representative of California, particularly the San Francisco slum area. It's terrible up there. It's like the uh, concentrated part of the United States where all the riffraff collects and the drug addicts and they live on the street and there's just waste all over the place and Nancy Pelosi, she lives in a mansion and surrounded by a great big wall. It's one of her houses. She's probably never there. God only knows how many places she has. She has a vineyard in California, they say. But they have some new kids in town. AOC, Cortez, and their three Muslim girlfriends. One of them married her brother to gain citizenship of the United States, which isn't legal. And she's still an illegal immigrant. And therefore, she should be deported. And the Democrats that allowed her to run for political office as a non-citizen they should be investigated and prosecuted. And then we have the other Muslim woman who didn't even live in her the district that she ran in. And she got voted into office, which is illegal. And she should be removed. There should be two new elections. But I don't really know if it matters because Obama imported about 100,000 Muslims and Somalians into the Minnesota area and they voted her in office the both of them so I think that if you're not born in this country you shouldn't be allowed to run for public office and if you support Sharia law you shouldn't even be allowed in the United States The American dream is to come to the United States, become a citizen, and assimilate and celebrate what a great country this is. You know, you don't get voted into office, and the first thing out of your mouth is, as far as the president goes, we're going to impeach that mother effer. Soon as that came out of this woman's mouth, she should be exiled from this gay country of ours because I don't care if she was talking about Donald Trump, Obama, George Bush, Clinton, any of them. When you're elected into office, 
and the first thing out of your mouth is, we're going to impeach this mother effing president. You do not have any regards for the Constitution or the laws of this land, and they should have put it right on a plane right out of the country. I don't even care where they send these people. I don't care if their country wants to take them back. If we have to drop them off on an island in the middle of the ocean, so be it. Then they can start swimming in any direction they want and they're free to do so. That's what's different with this world. The Statue of Liberty says, give us your tired, give us your poor. The Statue of Liberty was given to us by the French. They're the ones that put that plaque on the statue that says, give us your tired and your poor because they're trying to con us into taking all the riffraff from all these other third world countries. Hey, these Americans, uh, they're dumb, eh? We put the plaque on the Statue of Liberty. Give us your riffraff. The people we don't want, take them in. They can't speak English. They don't want to speak English, eh? We give them all the welfare recipients they can take, eh? Yeah, I would say to the uh, French and all these other countries, come get your welfare recipients, and here is your statue back. Because we don't need it. come to this country, you want to assimilate, you want to celebrate Independence Day, I say more power to you, you do it the right way legally, welcome aboard, we're proud to have you, but don't think you can just walk across the border and get welfare for life, free housing, free medical, free dental, free education, And all these politicians that create these sanctuary cities and sanctuary states going against the federal government, even going so far as to tell illegal immigrants that ICE is going to come around and do a raid and gather up illegal immigrants and deport them. Politicians like that, I say, guess what? You just earned yourself a ticket to be exiled from the United States also. Because that's very un-American to go against federal government. And these people that create sanctuary cities and states, it's called harboring criminals. We know nothing about these people. All we know is that in their countries... They gather in the streets, they chant death to America, they burn the American flag. Obama gave Iran 150 billion some odd dollars and they still chant death to America in the streets. I think Obama should be exiled. I'm sure when we saw these uh, videos of pallets of cash 
being put onto airplanes in the dark of the night and flown over to Iran. I'm sure that was going into Obama's private bank over in Iran. Wouldn't you think so? So, if he ever had to run in a hurry, he'd be able to go to a country like Iran, which wouldn't return him for prostitution. And he'd have billions of dollars over there to live on. I'm sure that's what that's all about, folks. One thing that I wonder, and this is a very scary thought, you have to ask yourself, where did Obama get over $150 billion cash to give to Iran? Did he take the gold out of Fort Knox and sell it? Did he replace it with fake gold? Maybe somebody ought to do a show and go into Fort Knox and sample the gold to see if it's there, number one, and number two, if it's real. Because I wouldn't trust Obama as far as I could throw an elephant by its tail. And neither should you folks, because this guy gave Iran over $150 billion. And they say, but Louie, that was their money from the 70s. We froze their assets and we were holding on to their money. I don't believe that for one second. There's not many third world countries that have 150 some odd billion dollars in the year 2019. There's athletes and celebrities such as Colin Kaepernick. Mr. Oppressed himself, the king of oppression, Colin Kaepernick, has more money than some third world countries. It's God's honest truth. So you're talking back in the 70s. Nobody definitely had 150 some odd billion dollars back in the 70s. Think about it for a second. Obama, he probably sold the gold in Fort Knox and just transferred it in cash over to Iran. Another thing, too, is Obama and Hillary Clinton and their administration, you know, when the Democrats had the House and the Senate and the presidency, and they said that they had so much power that the Republicans just stay home. There's no point in the Republicans even showing up. They could have done so many countless good things to help the United States and the world. But they created Obamacare, which nobody had even read. And according to Nancy Pelosi, we have to pass Obamacare before we can read, before we can understand Obamacare. That was one of the most asinine things that I've ever heard in my life. And it was unconstitutional to force citizens of the United States to purchase health insurance against their will. And the ones who didn't were penalized. And these people, when they file their taxes, 
They're expecting their return. But folks, you're not going to get your return if you owe the federal government money. If you're penalized, let's say $1,000 for not having Obamacare, you will not get your return until you pay the government that $1,000 plus the penalties. After you pay them, then you will get your return. There's a lot of people in this country that couldn't afford to go out and get Obamacare. They couldn't even afford to pay the penalty. These are people, folks, that could afford to get a voter ID because they're not that expensive. You know, even people on welfare, they purchase cigarettes, they purchase alcohol, they get tattoos all over their bodies, some of them. They go out to a bar. They buy marijuana and smoke marijuana. They participate in all the so-called evils of life. And even if they're on welfare, somehow they manage to scrimp up some money to go buy some cigarettes and beer and drugs. Lottery tickets. So, when someone tells me that these people can't afford to get a voter ID, that's a bunch of BS, folks. The Democrats don't want anyone to carry voter ID because how would you be able to vote 20 times? How would the dead be able to vote? That's what it's all about, folks. Oh, I think we're going to move on to a song here. Where would we go from that? We'll come back to it in a second. Or maybe we'll move on. This is a little Paul McCartney.
All right, that was Sir Paul McCartney, one of the best singer-songwriters in the history of mankind, with a song called 1985. So when I started out, a minute ago I was talking about the southern border, drugs coming across the southern border. They say 90% of the heroin and fentanyl comes across the southern border. And I was talking about Nancy Pelosi. And if you go on to YouTube, such as these videos and songs that I play off of the iMac here, they come right off of YouTube on my channel, which I can put a link out so people can look into my playlist and listen to it. Hundreds of songs on there. A lot that you only hear once every 20 years. And then it jogs back a lot of memories. That's what I like about classic rock. It just brings back a lot of memories along with it. But as I was saying, you can go on YouTube and you can see a link on my wall, as I was also saying, regarding Nancy Pelosi and the history of her family, which were drug dealers, big time drug dealers, bringing drugs across the southern border. You know, her family's been involved in bringing hardcore drugs across the southern border for decades and generations. And I'm sure she's probably still involved in all of that. And that's one of the reasons why she fights so hard being the Speaker of the House and the leader of the Democratic Party to not build a wall on the southern border to secure the people of the United States and save millions of lives from the hardship of drugs. Not too long ago, she was trying to hightail it out of the United States. And her and her people, about 90 of them, a lot of family members, got on their vehicles and they were going to the plains and they were going to go, supposedly, to the Middle East to visit the troops. And then Germany to visit the troops. Well, you know, folks, I don't recall Nancy Pelosi or Charles Schumer, any of them, getting on a plane and going around to any state in the United States or any country to visit the troops and see how they're doing. People have to ask themselves, why would Nancy Pelosi be going to Afghanistan? Well, this is how I see it. And that's why a lot of people listen to my show, folks, because you don't hear things like this on MSNBC or CNN or Fox News. Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, those guys, they don't talk about a lot of delicate issues because of their sponsors. And a lot of people boycott their sponsors and try to pull them off the air. And a lot of these people have skeletons in their closets like Bill O'Reilly, the all and mighty powerful Bill O'Reilly. You know, he had a lot of good points. I watched his show. He was a good guy, I thought. But then come to find out that he had skeletons in his closet and they yanked him off the air. So now Bill Cosby's, I mean, uh, Bill Cosby, Bill O'Reilly, 
you know, Bill O'Reilly is on the internet. Bill Cosby is in jail, finally, for life. However long that may be, because he's an old man, and when you're in prison and you're 80 years old or so, life could be a day, a week, a month, or a year. But hallelujah, Bill Cosby's in prison. But Bill O'Reilly had skeletons, and he got pulled off the air. And he didn't discuss things like we discuss on this show. Because this isn't a news agency. This is just one guy talking to you like we all do, sitting around a kitchen table having a coffee or sharing a beer. Americans who get up and go to work every day and come home tired. That's the American dream for us. And like I said, am I ever going to retire, folks? I don't know. Because I sit home, take a day off, and I feel guilty. I feel like I should be doing something. One thing I'm not doing is getting on a plane and going to Afghanistan like Nancy Pelosi and her group. And what were they going there, do you think, to see? Well, when George W. Bush sent the troops over there to get Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait in Afghanistan, we saw that the number one export in Afghanistan is poppies. They've got poppy fields over there that they turn into heroin and fentanyl. It's their number one export. And when George W. Bush, number 43, was the president, they showed the troops over there burning those poppy fields, destroying them with sickles, cutting them down. We didn't have this big so-called opioid crisis in the United States. But then when Obama took over, you saw on television the troops were guarding the OP fields. Making opium, heroin, and fentanyl is still going on, folks. <laughs> 